Good morning, everyone. Good morning. If you are able, would you please rise and bow your head? Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to gather here today. We thank you for allowing us to live in the greatest county of the greatest state, the greatest nation in the world. We ask that you give us confidence with our decisions that we make here today. We ask that you give us patience and perseverance during our trials and tribulations and humility and gratitude with our victories. We ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. Ms. Feetson, would you lead us in the left? I pledge the flags, please. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Honor the Texas flag. I pledge allegiance to the Texas, one state under God, one and indivisible. All right, Ms. Feetson, we have, uh, I'll have a motion to open the meeting. I move we open the meeting. Motion Second. made by Commissioner Bernd, uh, Birkenhoff, seconded by Commissioner Brosman. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. We are open for business. Ms. Feetson, we have uh, one person on public comments. Uh, no, no public comments, but... This is just for uh, item. It's possible for the other. Three, eleven, fourteen, sixteen, and eighteen. Okay, very good. All right. Uh, we want to approve the minutes from the previous meeting. I move we approve the minutes of the May twenty-fifth regular meeting. Motion has been made by Commissioner Birkenhoff to approve the uh, minutes from the last meeting. Second. Second by Commissioner Sternoddle. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Next item on the agenda, number three, consider and take appropriate action concerning the following application. Public comments. Public comments. We have no public comments. Okay. Uh, no public comments. Uh, so do I hear motion? No, there may be somebody has them. No. Has anybody signed in to make a public comment? Do you have to sign it to make a public comment? Can't you just make a public comment, but you just have to have their name? Or they don't have to sign the paper? Well, the judge wanted oh. them to start filling it oh, out, so that's how we're doing it. So we keep track. Okay. Yes. Previous judge. Uh, okay, so. I move we close public comment. Commissioner Bergenhoff. Second. Second by Commissioner Brosman. Public comments are closed. Uh, next item, consider and take appropriate action concerning the following applications. Requesting the division of real property, Derek Harvey, Precinct 3. Clint? Good morning. 
commissioners and judges. So this application in precinct three is at the corner of Armstrong Dairy and Sparta Field Road, and it will be creating four tracks that all have frontage on Armstrong Dairy Road here. Uh, all these tracks meet the minimum acreage and road frontage requirements. You're recommending approval, Clint? Yes, sir. I think Mr. Bernson has signed in to talk about this uh, agenda item. Just a couple questions. Is it a family division? It is not. And they're asking for a variance from hiding requirements so they can subdivide without reporting the plant? Correct. Okay. Mr. Sternoddle, are you recommending this, sir? Yes, sir. Uh, as all these lots do meet the minimum requirements of the county's regulations. I move we approve the request from Derek Henry for a request for a division of real property. I'll second that. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Mr. Sternoddle, I believe you're up again. This one is uh, consider and take action in approving the final plat from Jean, Jim Green of Hilltop Meadow Subdivision in Precinct 4. Correct. So the application here for the Hilltop Meadow is for eight lots. Uh, you see on the east side, the horrible lane there will be a in the future, a new county road and preliminary on your uh, tablets, uh, the final plat in hand to be signed today. But Where's that at, Commissioner? It is just uh, west of 2672, if you know where Paul Dietrich is. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just going to be just west of his property. Gotcha. And they got the approval from uh, yeah. TechStop. Uh, yeah, I gave the uh, TechStop permit this morning. Yeah. That's what they were waiting on, was getting approval from TechStop to make sure that they can come in and tie in the Highway 90 there. Very good. So, we have all so they have received that from TechStop. It's going to be like a little cold set down there? Mm -hmm. Okay. Are you making that motion, Mr. Brosser? Mm -hmm. I move we approve the final plat from Jim Green of Hilltop Meadow Subdivision located in Precinct 4. Motion been made by Commissioner Brosman to accept this. Second by Commissioner Birkenhoff. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. <coughs> Mr. Sternoddle again, consider and take appropriate action in recognizing the following private road for mapping purposes on Harville Lane, Precinct 3. So and I see Mr. Bernson wants to talk about this, but go ahead, Mr. Sternoddle. Yes, this is actually Precinct 4. Uh, from the plat we just uh, It should covered. be Precinct 4, okay. Yes, and so this is just to add it uh, to the county's mapping system for, for 911 purposes. And it'll be the same thing with the next item, uh, just so should they need that uh, during construction process or the like, it will be on our county map for response. We approve the action recognizing the following private road for mapping purposes only, Harville Lane and Precinct 4. Motion has been made by Commissioner Brosman. Second. Second by Commissioner McBroom. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries. Mr. Sternoddle, I believe you're still up, sir. Consider and take appropriate action in recognizing the following private road for mapping purposes only, Round Top Spring Drive for the Round Top Springs subdivision. And same as the last item, uh, this is a road that's in progress, and so this will just allow Ms. Moore to add it to her mapping system. I move we approve the private road for mapping purposes only for Round Top Springs. Motion's been made by Commissioner Sternoff. <coughs> Second. 
Second. Second by Commissioner Broom, McBroom. All in favor say aye. 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 Motion carries. Mr. Sternaudel, you're still up, sir. Item number seven is here monthly report from Clint Sternaudel, County Inspector and Office of Development and Permitting. For the month of May, a pretty busy, pretty busy septic month for us. We had 31 new permits issued and 28 inspections conducted. A little bit up from last month, but a lot of that has, has to do with weather. Uh, development permits, up pretty good to 22 new development permits over 16 the previous month and divisions of property we had six applications of those six applications there was one in precinct one three in precinct two and two in precinct three and of those six applications they resulted in 20 new tracts of property count. so when you say uh, clint 31 applications and 28 approved you just haven't gotten around to the other three is that so they the applications are good for a year so we received 31 uh, new applications uh, some of those are ready to go uh, some of those are for new homes under construction I uh, and some of those are for existing homes with a, a failing or expansions uh, items like that understood uh, <laughs> with all the septic systems coming in are majority of them the aerobic systems that they're putting in now or is it is it kind of up and down with the lpds or is it about 50 percent um, <clears throat> a lot of it the type of septic system you get on your property should be uh, compliant with what soil type you have uh, so a lot of times builders like the aerobics because they're quick and easy on the install um, a lot of times if there's old failing conventional systems we see those replaced with the aerobic type systems uh, they all have their good and bad preference uh, just a lot of it depends on the type of use and soil type but i would say across the board about 50 percent i make a motion to approve his report second second by commissioner birkenhoff all in favor say aye uh, opposed motion carries Approve the item number eight is approve the application for permit to lay temporary water line in right of way submitted by ROCC Oil and Gas LP for said water line to be placed along Viviala Lane in Precinct 3, a public uh, county road in Fayette County. And this is for approximately 1,900 feet of temporary water line, and we have received the completed application and their fees for such. <coughs> I spoke with Mr. Cook, and it's <clears throat> they. Uh, it's a really it's a Ranger Oil Company is the name of it, and they're they're a really good, pretty straightforward company. So um, I move the approved application for a permit <coughs> to lay a temporary water line on Viviala Lane. Motion has been made by Commissioner Birkenhoff. Second. Second by Commissioner Brosman. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed. Motion carries. Thank you, Clint. Agenda item number nine, discuss and take appropriate action on a contract with Langford Community Management Services for administrative management services for hazard mitigation grant program for Fayette County's master dra drainage plan. Angela? Good morning. Um, this is the contract that will allow them to administer the grant. This is the grant, if you'll remember, that had been delayed and then was uh, brought back as a Butkers Creek um, project that when we agreed to do it, we asked to do countywide and FEMA agreed. So this 
they will manage, we did uh, receive the award and, and the life group will manage the grant for us. And I believe we have some representatives here. Nope, sorry, but I'm sure they were not. So. But uh, that's what it's for. When are we going to be able to start making the, plans? You think? We have to have a kickoff meeting with Cheatham, and that once we get this approved, we'll get that scheduled, and then we'll get moving on it. That's how we'll be doing the, the work. So. Okay. Yeah. I move we approve the uh, contract with Langford for the master uh, drainage pro plan. Motion has been made by Commissioner McBroom. Second. Second by Commissioner Sternoddle. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Thank you. Thank you, Angela. Item number 10, consider and take appropriate action in approving contract renewal with Colorado Valley Communications for Fiber Internet and Ag Building, JP2, JP4, EMS2, and Juvenile Probation. Uh, we have someone here from Colorado Valley? Yes, um, this, this is a contract to renew five locations where um, the county offices already have fiber connections. Um, we're upgrading to some new planes that we have, so you're gonna get faster bandwidth of, um, it's gonna be $10 per month cheaper at each location, and get all five offices on the same contract renewal term. Can't wait till y'all come closer to my shop so I can get right. y'all instead of people I have. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're just terrible. <laughs> Guarantee I was the first uh, customer in No. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm you. Do I hear a motion to approve that? I move we approve the contract renewal with Colorado Valley Communication for fiber internet at the Ag Building and buildings listed below. Motion has been made and seconded by Commissioner Second. Brosman. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries. Thank you, Karen. Item number 11, consider, discuss, and take appropriate action in potentially approving payment for a survey of real property to be donated uh, to Fayette County by Terry and Mary Frazee. Uh, I think I saw, no, I didn't see Blake here. Uh, I guess I could speak to this item. Uh, this is the property, Com uh, Commissioner Birkenhoff is in uh, familiar with this. If you're coming from the Country Club Drive, and right before you get to Buckner's Creek, on the right, the Frazees own that property. They do not live here in Fayette County anymore. Uh, they call me, they wanna donate the property, and to, to, to do that legally, it has to have a survey. So this is basically requesting that the survey, that we pay for the survey. Why does it have to have a survey? Because it's a platted subdivision is what I'm asking. It's already been surveyed. I don't know the answer to that. Do we, Cassie? I don't either know, sir. Um, I can check with Blake on that. He's the one who um, put this agenda out today. If we were going to be building something there, I could see it, but we're not going to do anything with it. We just, it's our, there's a deed already created. It's a platted subdivision. I don't really see the need to have it surveyed. Well, why don't, what, what do y'all think about tabling it? <clears throat> it's fine. I mean, there's no rush in it. Yeah, I think so. Need to find a Blake, but I mean you're right. He's paying for the money if they, not unless the phrases would preferred. But I mean, I, I would have no idea. I was, I guess, a little surprised too. But I guess for a proper closing, I don't know. Maybe a survey is required. I don't know the answer to that. Well, I make a motion we table this till the next agenda, uh, next meeting. Second. Second by Commissioner Sternoddle. All in favor, say aye. Aye. 
Opposed? The matter will be tabled. We'll discuss it next week, or the next meeting, and we'll get Blake to tell us why it needs to be surveyed. Item number 12, accept and approve the written plan for Fayette Water Supply Corporation to place a four-inch water line in the county right-of-way on Waldeck Road to bore under Waldeck Road and to place and install new water line and meter to property located ID 114234 and requiring Fayette Water Supply to make repairs of any damage done to the roadway, side, ditches, and right-of-way of Waldeck Road and to do paving work, compacting, and restoring the roadway, sides, ditches, and right-of-way all back to a finished natural grade. I don't see anyone here from Fayette Water Supply. How do you feel about this, Commissioner? Oh, I feel like it's all right. I moved it with. I guess it is. Mo motion's been made by Commissioner Sterno to approve this. Second. Second by Commissioner Brosman. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Next item, authorize the following class request for Jan Rodriguez, Clerk JP3, to attend the new court personnel seminar August the 7th through the 9th in Austin, Bethany Casper, District Court Coordinator, to attend the 24th Annual Rural Association of Court Administration Conference September 5th through the 8th in Waco, County Judge Dan Miller to attend the DWI Summit June 23rd in College Station. So moved. Motion's been made by Commissioner McBroom to Se approve this. Second. Second by Commissioner Sternoddle. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Ms. Avelka, I believe you're going to address this next issue. Consider and take appropriate action concerning approving the three-year crime insurance for the Fayette County <coughs> Ambulance Fee Collectors Proposal by the Nietzsche group. Um, this is something that's on an automatic renewal and it's coming up to be uh, renewed here at the end of June. Uh, I did confer with uh, Josh on it and Josh thought it was a pretty good idea to continue it. It's $547 for the next three years. And uh, it's for uh, crime uh, acts of others, it covers the loss on that that we had to, I guess, pay out for that. And it's through the Nietzsche group, so I recommend we do it with Josh's blessing on it. So. What does it cover? According to this, it looks like, like $10,000. But I mean, employee, really, what is that? Yeah, employee theft, any claim expense. It's, I asked him because I wasn't sure. I'm going off of the court that this was something that I guess, like you said, I, I see what's automatically renewed. I didn't see this before now. Um, I assume it's something Kathy had started with them. Um, Mr. Burnson, you want to say something on this issue? I sir? just had a question. I wanted to confirm that it really is an insurance policy for against employee theft. It's a five hundred forty-seven dollar insurance policy for three years against employee theft. I just want to confirm that's the purpose of this. It the paperwork that they sent me doesn't give me a whole lot of information. 
Uh, that's why I asked Josh to look at it to see what it was and, <coughs> and if it was something he wanted to continue. But when does, when does this have to be renewed by? It's on an automatic renewal. Uh, it looks like June 22nd is when they need to know something about it. Josh is on his way up Okay, that's why I was giving more information. But. Do we want to skip over to the next item? And mm -hmm. Josh and Come back to it. Okay. Do I need a motion to do that? No. Okay. We'll, we'll come back to that item. Luke, you said no. No. <laughs> we don't need that. <laughs> All right. We'll come back to that when Mr. Vandiver gets here. Our, our next item is consider and take appropriate action concerning purchasing a radio for Constable Precinct Number 2 out of his budget and declaring the old radio as surplus. We've got Constable Wonderlich here with us this morning. Cindy, do you want to talk about that first, or how do you want to do that? Uh, I'll let Roger go ahead, because he's the one that has gone and checked with them about what he wants to do. Okay. Round top and climbing will change the 700 radio because the 900s on the far reaches at 290 don't work. So I got a loaner from LCRA to try to make sure it worked which is not an option to purchase because it's six thousand dollars i got prices on three others 24 28 and 38 i went with the middle one it ain't got no bells and whistles it's a radio that's all so i went with the mid-range one it's compatible with my other stuff i got i'm gonna trade the old one into lcra which is the simplest thing that only 300 bucks for a pound of 300 and you know the city probably would have bought it but i'm not 100 sure that radio works like it should and I don't want to put something on somebody that it's like a used car you don't know about. You let somebody else deal with it. So that's why I'm going to do I got money in my budget to do it, but it's going to kill my budget. But. <laughs> so anyway, that's mine. Well, Constable, I know you're always cognizant of the taxpayer dollars. You're requesting this. I'm going to make a motion that we approve this. Second. Second by Commissioner Sternoddle. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Thank you, Constable. Always a pleasure. Item number 16, consider and take appropriate action concerning the renewal of Fayette County Employee Health, Dental, and Vision Insurance for 2023-2024 presented by the Texas Association of County Health and Employee Benefits Pool representative. Is that representative here? He is parking right now and on his way up. I think we moved a little you bit. You're right with Josh, or Josh, you're right. Yeah, he's So let's come let's come back to that item. Okay, that's fine. Um, Seventeen. Seventeen. Consider and take appropriate action concerning approving the payment of current due bills for Fayette County and expenses. And I approve all of them. Um, everything looks to be in order. Any questions that you want to have? Uh, <clears throat> Workman's comp. That's, have, is that quarterly or? Quarterly. Yeah, okay. And that's all based on salaries. Yes. Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, you know, all the only other big one in here is that we paid our okay, portions and those contributions to the appraisal district that we do okay. Mm. 
Motion has been made by Commissioner Brosman. Second. Second by Commissioner Birkenhoff. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Our next item, budget workshop. Do we want to do we want to take just a little short break so we can knock those other ones out before we start the workshop? Okay. Take like a 10 minute break and let those people get in. Commissioner Brosman makes a motion. We take a little recess. Second. Second by Commissioner Birkenhoff. We'll take a little recess. Thank you. All in favor? All in favor? Aye. Motion to reconvene, please. I move we reconvene the meeting. Uh, a motion has been made by Commissioner, uh, Commissioner Birkenhoff to reconvene the meeting. Second. Second by Commissioner Brosman. All in favor say aye. Aye. We are open, back open for business. If it's all right with everybody, we will go back to item number 14. Mr. Vandiver has joined us. The item is... Uh, Consider and take appropriate action concerning approval of the three-year crime insurance for the Fayette County Ambulance Fee Collector's Proposal by the Nietzsche Group. Uh, can you expand on that, please? So I have a, the only information I have on this, we didn't propose this. This is a policy that's been in place for a very long time. Um, for my reading of the policy, the same, same reading that y'all can do of the policy, Looks like it covers a case of employee theft up to $10,000 for a three-year term for $547 or five, what is the number? $547. Um, I'm, like I said, this isn't something I propose. I don't know much about it. Uh, the auditor sent me the policy. I read it. They asked if it looked like a good thing. I said, yeah, it looks like a good thing. And now we're here. So I'm a, a Commissioner McBroom mentioned in the hall that may be worth, uh, maybe tabling this or moving it to a future agenda and we can do some more review on it to determine if it's something that um, something that we want or need uh, my opinion based on information at hand is it's 547 that covers a ten thousand dollar occurrence if we're if we're alleged to have stolen something or we have an obligation to pay someone this cut would cover that obligation um, it's insurance you know if we have the money in the bank to pay it anyway and that's what you'd rather do just take our chances i think that's fine as well so, or I can take it back and look at it and I can propose it to another board. I would like to take it back and let's study it. Come back at it, please. Sounds good. Uh, do I need to make a motion to that effect? I'm, I move that we table this item till the next meeting. Second. Second by Commissioner Sternoddle. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Okay, we'll look at it in a couple of weeks. Thank you, Josh. Yes, sir. And the next item that we uh, uh, put off for a few minutes is item number 16. Consider and take appropriate action concerning renewal of Fayette County employee health, dental, and vision insurance for 2023-2024, presented by the Texas Association of County Health and Employee, employee Benefits Pool. We have a representative from TAC with us, and you joined us, right? Thank yes, you, sir. I'm here. Thank, Thank you, you so sir. Much. Um, I'm basically just going to go over your renewal, um, just kind of talk to you about it, answer any questions you may have. What was um, that first name, Mr. Espinosa? Orlando. Orlando. Sorry, I kind yes, of jumbled that up. No, you're all right. <laughs> that, you know, you're all right. You think I know it now after you know, 32 years of having it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, just wanted to go over this with you guys and answer any questions you might have. So, um, you know, as you, you know, you guys have been with us for quite some time now. 
and uh, you know, kind of been through a number of these renewals. So uh, the biggest thing is just I wanted to go over the the letter that we sent out, just kind of hitting some points. Uh, number one, so this year the um, the pool needed amount. So we start every year when we're looking at renewals, we look at the entire pool as a whole. You know, all all the groups that are in the pool. So 231 groups total all pulled together to kind of help each other out, right? And so the entire pool as a whole, our pool needed amount is 6.2%. So our underwriters and our actuaries projected that for this upcoming plan year, we need to collect an additional 6.2% from the entire pool as a whole, okay? Um, once we have that number, then what we do is we look at each group individually and we basically say, how did you perform this year? Did you, you know, are we projecting that you guys are, that we're gonna need more money than what the average is or less, right? You know, for groups that have very low loss ratios, they're gonna get below that 6.2%. Groups that are, you know, higher, you're gonna get above that pool meter amount, right? So that's kind of what we look at. We look at other factors as well, your average age, the cost of care in your area. We look at your high cost claims, looking at, you know, hey, what claims are, are available? You know, what claims are going on in this county? Are they ongoing? If it's a, you know, premature baby that was born that, no more claims have gone and it was just a one-off high claim, we don't count that towards the future, right? So we're just trying to figure out how much money do we have to collect from every group to average out to that 6.2% increase that we feel we need for this upcoming year. Um, so that being said, um, looks like the, uh, the average, you know, we're looking at a trend of about 7%. So when we, you know, run the numbers of how much we believe the uh, cost of care is actually gonna go up, it's about 7%. And so when we, we're able to come in below that um, with what we're projecting because of all the different things that we are able to do, the, the rebates that we get on the prescription plan, the, uh, the admin fees that we're able to negotiate down. So all that that we're doing on our end, on the admin side, we're able to actually stay below the trend and our pool needed amount for the entire pool is below what we're expecting the cost to go up by. Um, that being said, um, we've also made some upgrades uh, to some of our plans. So we went out to bid on our dental, our vision, and our life products, um, you know, just to kind of make sure we're still doing our due diligence, making sure we're still working with the best companies out there. Um, and so right now, uh, currently, dental and vision are with Blue Cross, and life is with FOIA. We are now moving life to Blue Cross Blue Shield. And what that did was by putting that with them, they also reduced our admin costs on our dental, and then they improved our dental plan and improved our vision that we're offering. So part of that's gonna be, you'll see um, a 3% decrease on your dental plan, um, and then you, we now have three options for you to choose from on the vision plan. There's a, the plan that you have currently is the, you know, the middle plan, um, so that's the, what we call the value plan, and then that cost for that one has gone down, but then we've added a premium plan, which is a little bit more, and then a, a base plan, which is a little bit less, right? So um, you'll have the option to choose between those three plans. Um, the, the premium plan is gonna have, the biggest difference on it is gonna be that um, the allowance goes up from $130 to $180. And then you also have, uh, you can get frames every 12 months versus only every 24 months. Um, that being said, I'll get to the medical renewal, which is obviously the most important one. Um, so this year, you guys are coming in at 8.7% increase. So slightly above that pool needed amount, you know, about two, two and a half percent more than what the pool needed amount was. Um, when we look at your, all the factors and the, the renewal, uh, or the loss ratios, uh, I think you guys were at 
a little over 100, uh, about 107 percent, I believe, is where your loss ratio is sitting at. Um, so you know, just not where we want it to be. You know, we, we our targeted loss ratio is 94 percent. So that's where we like to get you guys at. Is you know that means we're breaking even. We build in six cents out of every dollar to go towards our admin fees, and then 94 cents out of every dollar go towards actually paying your claims. Um, so and, you know, we, and we've had we had a meeting in April um, to do a mid-year review, just basically going over, hey, here's what your claims are, here's what it looks like, here's the things that we're seeing to kind of give you guys a, an idea of what renewal might look like, um, and then looking at claims where they're coming from, so that when you say you had a meeting in April, do you mean you, you had a meeting? Yeah, with, yeah. Uh, okay. yeah, with, okay. with uh, I guess sort of your insurance committee, I'd say. Yeah, okay, go ahead, please. Yeah, and, uh, and I'm glad you asked that because uh, if that's something that you guys would like for me to come do in court and talk to the whole court about, you know, I'm happy to do that as well. You know, just the, the whole basis of that is let's show you what your claims actually look like, where your claims are coming from, and then we can help you build a strategy of what things you can do, what programs you can push to help reduce some of those costs. Um, ultimately, that's the biggest way that we can help reduce your, your renewals is by reducing claims. And so that's our, our strategy is we have all these wellness programs, all of these uh, different programs that are designed to help re you know, reduce the likelihood of claims. And that's ultimately what we're trying to help you guys understand and help you guys you know, figure out which ones work, are gonna work the best and make the most impact with your actual claims. Um, so you still have your, your two plans, you still have your, your PPO plan at a $1,500 deductible, then you have your, uh, your HRA plan with the, uh, the $2,500 uh, funding on there. Um, so both of them are going to go up the same amount. Um, you also have your retiree um, coverage as well, and that's, that's separate. Um, that's a separate, you know, rates there. Um, the dental, you'll see that, um, as I said, that went down by 3%. Uh, vision plan, it says you had a 26% reduction. That is based off of if you move forward with the same plan that you have now, that would, you would see a 26% reduction. Um, however, there is, like I said, that premium plan that is available that you guys can, can choose to, to offer as well, or well, not as well, but in place of that plan. Um, ultimately, you know, I think that's the majority of kind of what I wanted to kind of share with you guys. Um, when we're looking at the actual reports that we were showing, um, it looks like you guys were sitting at about 2.9, almost, you know, 2 point, almost 3 million and total claims, and then the total contribution was sitting at about uh, just under 2.7 million. Um, so you know that's where we see the the loss ratio, right? How much money you pay in versus how much money we pay out. And so you know anything that we can do on our end to help you guys and help support you guys with you know these these initiatives and you know information education that kind of stuff. You know we're open to it and we're happy to come out and do open enrollment, talk to members about you know, the different programs that are available to them, um, educate them on, you know, how to use their benefits to the best of their ability, all that kind of stuff, you know, we're happy to help, you know, we wanna, whatever your goals are, you know, that's that's our conversation with you guys, is what are your goals, what are you guys trying to accomplish, and then us figuring out a way to help you guys get to that, you know, goal. So, um, I'm open for any questions that you guys might have. On the, on, the, on the vision, mm -hmm. do we, each employee gets to choose which one they want, or we choose, the no, county chooses one, two, three, one, and, and we take that one? Option that we have. Okay. Mr. Bernson, you're, you're, I, you've got down to speak to this item. It's just in case, just in case I promise. Okay. <clears throat> I think that's something that would be nice to do during open enrollment is have them come down and yes. have, you know, the employees rotate through like we used and, to do at the ag building to where they can tell them all the 
stuff that they have because I know they haven't been down in quite yeah. a while. And COVID. I think kind of through COVID, now we're, we're done with that part yes. to doing a larger enrollment this year where it's, I don't use the word mandatory, but we really want to get those employees in to see these presentations, join our wellness programs. So we need to reduce those claims. So the county has has doesn't do that anymore. Where we used to go to the ag building. Uh, not since COVID. Yeah, I think I think you're. I think you're right. We'd like to start doing that again. Yes. So that is a plan for this year. Okay, that's good. A lot of things have changed in the years. Kids born. Some of us are getting older. We need different plans. Hey, hey, watch that. Do y'all do y'all take into consideration with the rates and everything? You know how many employees at the county are on the healthy county initiative to where you know how many employees join those or partake in those plans and do all the all the sonic boom wellness and all that stuff does that help your percentage rate at all or so, is it just to help people just get healthier okay. yeah so that's a great question because i think it um we have started trying to get that as more of the conversation you know hey when we're looking at these renewals hey is this group really involved um because the biggest thing is if, if we included that as part of the conversation as a renewal, I, I could say you'd be double dipping because the whole hope is you and your employees are engaging in the healthy county, which is gonna reduce the claims, which is gonna help your, your, your renewals anyways. So then if we added a, an additional, hey, let's give them a 1% reduction for their participation, then you're kind of double dipping in that. So I think we're trying to figure out, we are trying to figure out how we can incentivize groups even further to be, at the end of the day, that's what that's what we're banking on. We're banking on the more you're involved in wellness, the more that your employees are involved in these programs, the better you're going to be off. You know, we, we we have no control over the cost of, of medical care. We can't, you know, we don't negotiate the the uh, the contracted rates with the providers. That's all through Blue Cross, right? So we are working with them. They have the best discounts. They have the best contracts. But those those are just going to continue going up. I'm sure you guys have seen those uh, commercials where, you know, I think Seton was, was one of them. Um, these other major, you know, Memorial Herman, you know, all these different major, you know, hospital networks are going through contract negotiations with Blue Cross. And then they send out their, you know, propaganda saying, hey, we're going to fall out of your network. And it's because they're asking for more money, right? And Blue Cross is trying to keep costs low. So then it's a, it's always a fight between them and a negotiation of, What's the magic number, right? They want a 50% increase. Blue Cross is willing to give them 20. You know, where's that middle ground? And neither one of them want to budge, right? Because if Blue, Blue, Blue Cross budges, that means rates go up. But the hospital's saying, well, we need this in order to be able to pay our people to provide the top level. You know, so it's, it's that finding that middle ground. So that's going to keep going up. The only thing that we can do on our end is preventing those plans from even happening. And that's where those wellness programs come in places. You know, Livongo helps manage your di uh, diabetes and high blood pressure. So it'll help you stay on top of it so you don't end up with a large claim because of your high blood pressure. Um, you know, we have Arosti. Arosti is a uh, chiropractor. Uh, not really a chiropractor, but in the same field, right? And so they're there to help with the, the aches and pains and stuff. So to avoid the surgery. You know, three, their average number of visits is three to four visits. All you're paying is your copay when you go in there. And three to four visits, and you're walking out feeling a lot better. You know, you know, injury resolution at that point versus surgery that's going to cost you your deductible and you know three four weeks recovery and you know then just all the different things that come with, with surgery or going to a chiropractor where you're going a million times in a year, right? So uh, we have all these programs that we've we've studied that we've you know 
ran data on to try to figure out what makes the most sense. What are the things that are actually going to give us the best results moving forward? Uh, and that's where the Healthy County program comes in. Is all those programs have been vetted, they've been you know researched, and we've we've seen great results from them. It's just getting more people to utilize them. And that's where open enrollment comes in place. So we can get out here and we can, you know, do what we've done in the past where we do presentations. Um, we talk about all this. You know, we'll run through, hey, this is what your deductible is, this is what your co-insurance is, you know, really help VM members actually understand what they have. Uh, but then also go over the programs. Hey, you may not have, you know, you may have a 20-some-year-old who, you know, is fully healthy and is like, ah, I don't care about the insurance because I don't I don't use it. But hey, did you know that there's a gym membership? Did you know that there's this? Did you know that there's that? There's all kinds of things that they can take advantage of that they don't think of unless they're told about it, right? And that's our opportunity to get in front of them and let them know what all is available to them. Sounds good. So not all 254 counties in Texas are under tech? No, so Some we have 181 counties. We have 231 groups total. We have some appraisal districts, ESDs, uh, water districts, hospital districts. Um, it's 181 of the 204 counties. You, just a question, that y'all will insure appraisal districts? We have, any group that's not a county, there's stricter like underwriting guidelines. So there's a minimum size requirement. Uh, essentially, we're picking the cream of the crop when it comes to anything that's not a county. We, our responsibilities to the counties, and if we're bringing in all these, you know, just to you know, just give you guys some information, you know, a lot of these appraisal districts, no matter the size, are with TML. And a lot of them are getting... They went up drastically with yeah. TML. So, and, and, and our, you know, our opinion is, because they're allowing just anyone to come in, there's no, you know, regulation on, you know, that's why we're able to do what we're able to do, because we are very selective in who we work with. And so, keeping in mind with that, you know, obviously we have a service to the counties, and so if we are doing too much outside of county business that's not beneficial, <coughs> that's where we can run into problems. And that's why we have, you know, tighter guidelines when it comes to uh, districts. One of the things we were talking about when we met, and I forget the acronym, was the FSA. FSA. Yeah. And basically we offer, the reason we start talking about it, we offer two, two plans, the PPO and the HRA, and the PPO is much more expensive than the HRA. So we're trying to find a way to kind of bridge it all over to the HRA, but not have any detrimental effects to the employee or, or, or hurt the employee financially. And one of the options that came up was this FSA. FSA. Can you explain that? Just yeah. so, and this can't happen this year. Okay. Uh, we're way too late in the game. Uh, but it's something that we need to think about long yeah. and hard. But this will give us a whole year, pretty much, to yeah. do that. So. so an FSA is a flexible spending account, right? And so we added a vendor called WEX. Um, and they do cafeteria plan administration and FSA, HRA, HSA, right? So they do all that. Um, they can administer that for us. Um, with the FSA, with the FSA, the, the goal of it is it, it's a savings account for the employee, right? They can put money into it. Um, they decide at the beginning of the year, we're going to put X amount of dollars into our FSA, right? Um, the employees little, or the, the employee? Okay. The employee can say, hey, um, my example is if you have an employee who you have a $1,500 deductible on the PPL plan, right? Let's say that employee knows every single year I'm hitting my deductible, every single year I'm paying that $1,500 deductible, right? They can put $1,500 a year into that FSA to cover that deductible. 
And what happens is that money, instead of coming out of their pocket on their post-tax money that they have to you know, use for their bills, it's pre-tax dollars that are going in to that account and they're paying it on installments, basically, because it's payroll deducted, so every time, every, every pay, you know, paycheck, they're putting a little bit, you know, that, that total amount gets split up into however many paychecks they have for the year. So that, but then those dollars are available day one to that member. So let's say you elect $1,500 for the year to put into your FSA, that money is available October 1st. And if that employee then has to pay that deductible October 2nd, they have that money available and they're basically paying it back through their paycheck throughout the rest of the year. Um, and because it's pre-tax, it brings down the taxable income. Um, and so, and then, but you can pay your deductible, co-pays, um, over-the-counter medications. Um, Amazon has a whole FSA storefront that all is all FSA eligible stuff that you can purchase. Um, you know, sleeves, athletic sleeves, like, you know, all kinds of things that you can purchase with it. Um, massage guns. Uh, so essentially, everyone can use it, right? Everyone has the ability to say, I'm gonna put in a hundred bucks. A hundred bucks that is pre-tax, that worst comes to worst, I'm paying, you know, a couple bucks a month, a month uh, <coughs> towards that hundred dollars a month. When the end of the year comes around, they have that and they can go in and they can go buy Tylenol, you know, ibuprofen and stock up on those kind of things with that FSA card, right? Uh, so for the employees that are using their benefits and that are meeting those deductibles, it's a great way for them to you know, use, save a little bit of money on those payments because it's pre-tax. It's gonna save them a little bit of money, you know, on the, on the post-tax side, uh, but then it's gonna give them that money, you know, up front. So um, all, do all the employees have to subscribe to that? No, it is, it is optional. So it is 100% optional, and then there's, there's a fee, an admin fee, it's like $3.90 uh, per employee per month, but you're only paying that for whoever's signed up for it. So if, you know, you only have half your employees you're only paying that admin fee for half the employees so and even though that's just like a payment what's the what's the what's your plan then? is it still would you still would you just be doing that along with your hra plan it, it is not a medical plan. HRA it, plan it is not a medical plan at all it is just a basically a, a savings account like a, but it's all open up a savings it allows account. you to use it for other things besides strictly medical and you can over-the-counter drugs there's the, the whole amazon yeah, deal but I think the, the kind of thought, and it's, I mean, this is not something we can do in half a day even. It's yeah. a lot of talking. But just to kind of get everybody's mind thinking about it is, I mean, there, there was the talk of changing our deductible amount on the HRA and lowering it a little bit uh, just to basically just get down to one plan. And the, HRA, and the reason is the HRA is so much cheaper than the PPO uh, and try to just save a little money by that. But this was another way to kind of help the people on the PPO prepare for it because you could do it in a head of time. I know that the HRA plan is cheaper, but I mean, if you have a if you have a family with with a few kids and stuff like that, well, the HRA isn't cheaper for the employee at all. And, and that's why it's very expensive if you have a lot of claims. That's why we're that's why we're trying to look at all this because I mean we don't want to hurt anybody. I mean that's. But just trying to find a way to save a little bit more money is all it is. And then but the not other, yeah, it's all yes, So when I was with the city of Rennes, we had this, and we used it every year because we knew we were going to hit our deductible with cake on this medical and stuff. And it really does save, it really is a good plan. It's, you know, what, and the thing is, is once you get past the, the medical issue or whatever, you know, you're not going to have those claims, you don't have to do it anymore. 
Yeah, he's, he, he gets to change that amount every year. I like that. I think this uh, FSA sounds like a pretty good plan. Yeah, and that, so here's the, there's pros and cons to everything, right? So I, I don't want to just give you just the pros, right? Um, you, so there's two options. You can either do use it or lose it. Basically, whatever money they don't use by the end of the year, they lose. Or you can add a carryover, right? And you can set, you know, there's, the IRS sets the limits on how much money they can put in. I want to say this year it's like right around like $3,000 is the max they can put into that FSA. Um, and the carryover, I want to say, is like 600 something. So the max that you can carry over, I want to say, is like 600. Um, and that's where the education comes in, right? If you add something like this, it's really educating the members and being like, only put in what you think you're going to spend, right? If you know you're hitting that deductible, go ahead, put in the total amount for the deductible. If you are healthy, you either don't need it, maybe, or just put in 100 bucks, put in 150, put in something that you know at the end of the year, if it's going to run out and you're going to lose it, you could just go buy some, you know, a massage gun, buy some stuff that, you know, that you can use, and it's really, you know, 100 bucks for the year is going to come out to a dollar, you know, what, couple of dollars out of every paycheck, it's not really going to affect you, but then that money's going to be available to purchase over-the-counter medications, that kind of stuff, throughout the year. Um, so it's really about educating the members on how it works, um, and just really, you know, what the advantages are of it, and making sure that you're not abusing it, making sure you're not putting in way too much that you're never going to end up spending, and then, you know, it's a terrible plan, right, because then, oh, it cost me $2,000, and it's like, well... You shouldn't have put in that much money, right? And that, that's the upfront education that we want to be able to provide if it's something that you guys want to um, you know, offer. What time of year should we start thinking about if we wanted to make some changes to deductibles and all that and actually sit down in a meeting like this? Yeah, so... Uh, I mean, so we had plenty of time when we're not rushing. I mean, when should we start? Yeah, so... Um, it's, it's, very, it's very rushed because I know that the time we put out the renewal... Um, the time where we can start having the conversations, you know, maybe late spring, but then let's say I can't give you actual numbers of what right. it's going to cost until the renewal comes out. Uh, but then if we already have plans and we are, I can give you, I can give you um, alternates and stuff based off your current rates. And then you guys know going into renewal, hey, this is what they quoted us with the current rates. Our renewal rate is whatever it is. We can just add that to this and then that would be the same, right? So, but then what I can do is, as soon if we're running these, you know, these numbers and stuff, we're talking about this. I can always include that that alternate automatically in your renewal, so then you'll have that as the second that that renewal comes out. Well, why don't we your your mid year review? Mm -hmm. Why don't we have at a yeah. commissioner's court meeting, and that's that could be the time that we start yeah. looking at it, and then you'll and have you have the court's yeah. vision on which way to go, and then you'll know. What numbers are fair? Yeah, we can set up a workshop um, where we just come in and we just talk about it, and you know, you guys, you know. But as far as, our, as as we sit here today, what is our renewal, the deadline? When do we have to have the June twenty eighth? So we one more court to approve it. So we'll kind of talk about it a little more in depth during the budget workshop this you know, today for a vote on the next commissioner's How come on our HRA plan, which I have? <laughs> Did we have such a problem falling? Uh, I dealt with Paul on this, and I'm I'm sure I'm not the only employee that has problems with. My wife at Blue Cross Blue Shield, they had a plan like that. They had a simple card that they would present whenever they went in to have a procedure done or do anything, and it just got deducted off of that card. 
they could use that card to tell how much m balance was left in that account. Right now, we're having so much difficulty. This is the third time this year it already happened to me. They called and said, I owe a $750 or $900 deductible. I'm like, no, I don't. I got an HRA. They don't have access to know what's in my account, so they want to charge me. But I talked with Paula, she goes, no, you got plenty of money in that account. She knows and I know that, but the provider that's wanting to do the procedure don't. Yeah. And I'm having, this This is happening over and over. This is third time for me this year already. Why, why is that? So one of the things is the HRA is not a super popular plan. Uh, you know, obviously the, the most popular is the PPO, right? That is every, every provider you know, knows how the PPO works, right? Um, the HRA, the reason why, so when I was talking about Lex, you know, the, the, uh, the company that does the FSA, they also do an HRA administration. So just like you were talking about, they would give you basically a card that has your, your funding for your HRA, right? And then you can pay that and then that goes towards, you know, all that kind of stuff, right? Um, the way you guys have it set up, it, it is automatically integrated with Blue Cross Blue Shield. So when they pick up the phone and they call the customer service rep to confirm it should be updated with Blue Cross on here's what is going. The problem is sometimes they don't pick up the phone and sometimes they just you know log it and they don't know how to read it. They don't, so they, all they see is the $5,000 deductible. So they're not looking, the provider, so your doctor's office, is not looking far enough into it to actually know what it is. When you have those situations, you know I know it's, it's frustrating. Uh, and I, we've talked to Blue Cross about it about you know, sending out people to educate providers on how these work, because we have more groups that are going to these HRA plans. Uh, it's just, it's just education, educating the providers. I mean, about you know, because you say sending a representative out, but I'm over there, I had this procedure scheduled for two months, and if I cancel it, I gotta get, I can't get back. Paula tried to help me, we called and tried to, yeah. I mean, it's really not the provider's business or what's in my account, so they don't know if I got enough money in there to cover so, it. And that's the thing. They should, when they're confirming benefits, Blue Cross has that information in their system. They have how much is left over on your HRA, how much the deductible is. They have all that set up. But what I'm saying is that the provider is not taking that extra step to confirm what your benefits actually are. So the provider is dropping the ball. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, if there would be a simpler way, the way they had it with that card, I thought yeah. was awesome. It's like a credit card, yeah. you know, it deducts what you got. How much, is, that, how much is it to go to the, the WEX? I think it's around the same, like 4 to $5 per month uh, per employee and that you guys would pay to do that. But that may be something to look at. Absolutely. back mid year. Yeah. I mean, that'd be an option. Yeah, that we can look at it. I always tell the employees to get the app because it's, and it yeah. seems that you have to fight for your funds, mm -hmm. but if they're not running it properly, I'm like, get the app because you're like, here's my balance. The, 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 thing is, the other thing is, when you're there, I would just tell them, hey, call Blue Cross. Because a lot of times all they're doing is they're going into the system and they're, but then there's notes in the system that they're not looking at. So if that's the case, if they're telling you you owe this and you know that that's not true, I would just say, hey, please call Blue Cross and confirm that. And then if they pick up the phone, they talk to a rep, that rep has all that information in front of them and knows exactly what they're looking at and they can actually help them figure that out. Yeah, asking, asking them to do it and them doing it are two different things. Exactly. Yes, absolutely. And, that, and that's, where, that's why we know it's hard, which is why we asked Blue Cross to make a concerned effort to talk to these providers and educate them on, hey, this is an HRA plan, this is what you need to be looking at, and all those kind of things, because you know, 
everything that happens with this is all about education, right? Educating the member on, here's how your benefits work, but then educating the providers on, hey, this is the kind of plan that they have, this is what you need to look for, these are the questions you need to ask. Uh, but yeah, the first step I would always say is just have that, if, they, if they're telling you that in the office, just say, hey, can you just call Blue Cross real quick and just confirm that, because I don't believe that that is correct. And then, you know, like you said, whether they do it or not, you know, that's a whole other thing, but um, ultimately, you can always just call us and we can always, you know, get it, you know, reach out and get it, re, you know, reprocessed. So, so the purpose of you being here today, Mr. Espinosa, is to give us some of our options and then between Cindy and Paula, uh, they're going to think about this, we're going to think about this, and then on the 22nd meeting well, is the, when we'll expand on this yeah, conversation. So during the workshop, I have some options on how to absorb that increase. You're talking about today? Today we'll look at that, but it'll be up for a vote on that 22nd Y'all have any other questions for Mr. Espinosa? Well, thank you. For coming. Thank you for being here, sir. Thank you. Uh, we're gonna. I guess we should say we're gonna table that item. Um, yeah, I know the agenda items um, kind of written in a way to take some action, but um, I think that you could just accept his just accept his presentation. Concerning the uh, renewal. I make a motion we accept Mr. Espinoza's explanation. Second. Second by Commissioner Sternot. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries. Uh, we're going to move right into our budget, budget workshop. And uh, I think uh, Cindy and Paula and uh, Cassie, we're going to talk timelines and stuff like that. Yes, General sir. discussion. Yes. Um, so let me get down there. Apologize. I did print out some things for you. So um, I know that summertime is busy for everybody. So we just kind of wanted to do a quick little budget workshop um, to just talk about our plans, our timelines. Uh, you know, we have to have postings in the newspaper and, and things like that. So I printed off the budget calendar, uh, tax rate planning there for you for. Um, for us, so that gives you some deadlines there. Um, I've also uh, attached the tax rate adoption requirements um, for you. And then um, the next one is the budget agenda items. So um, these are the typical items that we do every year um, on different commissioner court meetings. So, um, you know, we usually start our budget workshops. That's when we have um, some of the agencies come in and they give us their reports and what they used their money on last year, what kind of they're uh, requesting the, this next year. How many um, of those entities are there? There are 12 to 15, I think. Um, that's just off the top of my head. Um, and then you also have the department heads. Sometimes they come in if they're requesting anything additional to what their normal budget is. Not all of them, but well, well, I, I, I will defer to you guys because y'all have been through this process longer. But I would say my, my thinking is that these entities, I'd like for them to come and tell us what their plans are. But as far as the department heads, unless they're seeking something really profound, I don't know that it's necessary for uh, this, this for me personally speaking necessary for them to come in here 
and and tell us what they're requesting. Correct. Yes. They don't unless it's something um, like recycling will probably be ones that we will ask EMS and the sheriffs. Yeah. Did we did we have all those other little ones come in? We didn't have them come in no. last year. They didn't Not come in. They, had they didn't come in. Good. And I think some of that was um, really because of COVID to some of them were kind of used to not coming back in. And a lot of them were good with the way it was. Right. They, they yeah, sent you something right. saying they were fine with what we had. They yes. didn't have right. to all come so, in. So, so, so are you, are you, are my understanding that you invite them or you don't invite them? We only asked the ones that had the substantial, okay, a large increase in their budget. Okay. We'll ask them to come and present why. Makes sense. I, yeah, I typically send them an email requesting um, some kind of uh, in writing what they're requesting and if it is Good. over then I kind of bring that right. to you guys and then you decide if you want them to come in or not. Do you feel gentlemen that uh, we should have these uh, nonprofit entities appear before us? You know it probably wouldn't hurt it's been quite a few years since they've come in here. Has yeah. It been two years probably? I'd say it's time to talk to them. I mean that's yeah. the only time we ever see them. Yeah. And everybody kind of knows what we're giving the money and what they do. It's kind of good to get a few of them in. And we do keep their presentations to a minimum. Yeah, it's, it's not very long. Um, but yeah. anyway, I think, on I, the list. I think we're in agreement that the nonprofits we'd like to hear from them okay. and the department heads, uh, if there, unless there's anything profound, not necessary for them to come in. Yes, sir, Mr. Burnson. Um, last year, this meeting was the first meeting where the budget was presented to the public. So from this point on, the public had an opportunity to comment and provide input on the budget. And what I'm what I'm wondering now is when is the first opportunity the public's going to get this year to review the budget? I'm a little concerned it might come right at the end when it's just public hearings. And I really like the fact that last year we had an ample opportunity in June and July to comment and so again just to repeat the question when when will be the first time the public gets to see the budget and start making comments that is what we're starting right now i'm trying to make sure that you, they understand our timelines and then we will be from this point forward having budget workshops where they're working on all of that where she has to get all of the data information from the department heads to then present to you're speaking to numbers right yeah, yeah. Actual numbers. Okay. so the the departments were supposed to have everything in on Tuesday? Yes, uh, but not everyone has had the opportunity to receive their, like I have not been able to get home Jesse yet. I need to have an appointment with Jeff on his, and some of them are still working on theirs now, like the EMS and the sheriff will not get theirs to me till July, because we understand that they want to look at the whole six months of expenses to start making their budget for next year. So they won't probably turn theirs in until maybe the second week in July after I get them all June and the last you know six months. Then they can, they're starting to work on it, but they won't give me a finalized one until Would then. it be a proper answer to Mr. Bernson's question that every meeting henceforward is going to include a budget workshop? Yes, yes. More than likely, yes. Uh, we've got there's, our preliminary numbers, but we won't get the actual number from the appraisal district until the end of July. Right. And there's never been a draft budget this early. It's just yeah. the workshop right. where people present spending. Right. right. So, so really, really kind of like last year, the sheriffs and the, and the EMS were proposing salary increases. I think. Um, well, just and like I'll, I'll jump on the sword here, and I'm sure the, sh the sheriff's office has the same perspective. What I've asked 
So this in, coming into my, this is my second full budget year. And what I don't like, and I don't know, I think I told the commissioners as well, I don't like writing a four to five million dollar budget based on three months of financial data. And you know, the first year we did this, it was, it was literally April, I think, when diesel prices went through the roof in, in my first budget year. And so that's my point was wanting to have at least two quarters, if not at least through the end of May, financial data to write a good budget. And I talked with the sheriff's office and that was kind of, since we're kind of the big ticket budget items, we're trying to be more accurate and more transparent for the budget creation. Kind of speaking to Josh, since we're on a calendar year, we approve our budget and nothing happens for three or four months till January 1st comes. So it's a lot of lag time in there, but we have to approve it that early because we're following deadlines. Well, I find that acceptable. I just thought I to comment that last year I made a request that if there's any request for salary increases that we get an analysis of overtime and benefits and top salary. So I want to reiterate that this year, if there's any significant requests for salary increases that we get an analysis of the overtime and the benefits long time. So I will again say that this today's workshop is the, is one of many to come. Correct. Yes. So all of those items eventually, Mr. Bernson, will be addressed. Thank you. Thank you, sir. So anyway, in the red is kind of when an idea of when we need to do those items. In the green is what we did last year, just to kind of give you a baseline. Um, on, on those and it, uh, also you know the local government code on the back of the on the first two pages is what we have to follow so i was just trying to reference all of that um i don't really have anything else i know individually some of you will get with me and let me know when you will be out i know it's summertime we all take vacations but we gotta work within those timelines so just let me know that stuff but um, we, we can plan on yes. an item on the agenda of next week and probably in the near future of having a budget workshop. Yes, sir. Okay. Yes. All right. Paula, um, if you wanted to, or Cindy, I'll just defer to you guys. That was kind of mostly what I had for today. But go ahead. First, so I know Orlando gave a, a great presentation, but just to kind of take a deeper dive into what that actually costs our county, um, it's kind of tough because. Where our renewal is due, due, and then we have open enrollment in October, <coughs> but we're budgeting for January 1 numbers. So if we took what everyone is currently on, um, no one made any changes, this 8.7 would roughly cost the county about $100,000 um, to absorb. And so we have to make a decision, and the board needs to make a decision on how to absorb that. Um, either the county's absorbing it, or we share that increase partially with um, raising our uh, premiums for our employees. So there's, there's kind of two options that I presented to the court. One would be county absorbing it, um, and the second one would be increasing the premiums around $20 per, per employee per month. Um, of that $100,000, that small increase, it only really absorbs $20,000 of it. So, Orlando, you failed to mention the $100,000. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's my I, number, I, I work in percentages. <laughs> <laughs> Those get, tend to be a lot smaller numbers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, a, it's a scary number. It is. <laughs> yeah. I like the so that, if okay. everyone stayed, that's kind of what we're looking at. Um, 
So that's the biggest thing that needs to be a th thought about. And then secondly, getting to choose a vision plan. Um, it's a small increase going from the plan that we're on to that premium plan. Uh, it doesn't cost the employee much, and it's to me got pretty good benefits of raising, getting lenses every year opposed to the 24 months. I think even there's no co-pays on the first one, um, as well as that limit of what they're going to pay towards it, to like $175, $180, opposed to 130 Okay, so we have till the 28th. So at the next commissioner's court meeting, we will uh, have discussion again about what Mr. Espinosa has stated and what you have stated. Yes, it would have to be decided. It would be decided that. Yes, ma'am. Yes, one, one option that you also have yes. is to just throw this out there. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you're talking about increasing or eventually maybe bringing them together to one plan, uh, you guys could all, we could also run an alternate for you for the base plan, that PPO plan. Increasing that from a fifteen hundred dollar deductible to two thousand. See what that would do for cost savings for that population. But then also getting that population closer to the out of pocket. You know, with the HRA, we can run different alternates, different numbers for you guys. Um, you just you know whatever you guys want to yeah. see, you let us know, and I can I can run those numbers. I think uh, Commissioner McBroom is a good idea that at some point we sit down and contemplate what lies in the future. Not necessarily as we sit here today, but I think it'd be a good idea, Orlando, if you'd come back. Yeah. Uh, I forget what you said the timeline would be. Maybe late spring next year or something like that. We could probably have that conversation during the mid-year review, which is okay. usually April. Very good. Very good. I'd like to remind the court too that last year um, the county did decide to absorb our increase um, wholly on the county side. Do I have a motion to adjourn the workshop? Uh, one other question I, I did yes, have on here. Um, Kyle and I put paperwork on y'all. Kyle is requesting a, uh, and this is for next year's budget, but he would like to kind of entertain it for this year. Uh, a full time, we had him at full time. We changed him to part time clerk. Now he would like to go back to full time. I would like to see if I could put this on the next agenda and y'all. Um, answer whether we can do this or do we want to table this till next year's budget well he's what, using his why don't you have him be one of those department heads that decides to come here you know we talked about those that's not asking for anything profound evidently okay. he would be so he can make that presentation if that works okay okay, okay. so well see, right now he has one one full-time and one part-time no, he's wanting two full times now. Yes, right now he's one full time. We had two, he had two part times, and one full time. He used to have two full times, and Elizabeth went to precinct two because uh, they need somebody. She lived over there, so it kind of worked out. Uh, then he went to the two part times, and now he's down to one part time. And they will uh, be and Brendan is fixing to go to law school, uh, but he's got a plan to put this is it the bonds for the whole county. Yeah. Uh, so it'll be a county-wide kind of position, but he'll be the supervisor. So then you'll have two full teams. Let's go back yes. to two, which he originally was. I got you. Okay. All right. I make a motion to close the workshop. Second. Second by Commissioner Sternot. All in favor say aye. Aye. Uh. Opposed? Motion carries. The next <coughs> item, we're going to enter into a closed executive session to deliberate a matter that includes a consideration of information in the medical records of an employee for a benefit from the plan, including a benefit provided by the sick leave pool 
of the County Personnel Policy Manual with final action to be taken in open session. So I, I guess everyone except uh, Ms. Avelka, Ms. Vogel, Ms. Alston, if you I'll entertain a motion that we go back into session. I move to reconvene. Um, the motion's been made by Kirk, Commissioner Birkenhoff to reconvene. Check. Second by Commissioner Brosman. We're back in session. Uh, uh, I will make a motion that we approve the benefit for the plan, including the benefit provided by the sick leave uh, pool uh, of the Fayette County Personnel Policy Manual. You need to list the hours. Yes. The 100, 100, 40 hours. For, for 40 hours. Second. Second by Commissioner Brosman. All in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Motion carries. Move we adjourn. Motion's been made. We Second. adjourn. Second by Commissioner McBroom. All in favor say aye. 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 Opposed? Motion carries. Thank you.